Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I pray that you are making this your favorite drive time podcast. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Listen, today we're going to continue talking about the New Testament church, continue talking about the culture of the New Testament church, how the church functions, how the church should run. And I really want to look at the original church in the New Testament and taking a look at their church and and I really want to take my time because a lot of times when we read scripture we rush scripture and we rush scripture you know and they're all kind of reading programs read so many chapters a day and uh, get through the Bible in a year but my question to you is when you've done all of that reading how much of this is retained how much of this is in your spirit How much of this are you making a part of your life? In other words, it has to be applicable. The Bible is just not a book to read. It is a book to read with application in mind. So when we read it, we want to develop the habit of acting out the things that are in the Bible in a modern day context. In other words, we want to live like some of the forerunners of Christianity giving us an organic and an original uh, means of pursuing Christ in a way that's consistent with the way men pursued Christ when he had most recently left the earth. It's it's almost like being as close to the original thing as we possibly can. That's why I want to take a look at the church, because sometimes we're so busy having church that we are no longer the church. Because the bottom line is the word church is ecclesia, the Greek word. It means to be the called out ones. We've been called out. What have we been called out of? We've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. Why are we in the light? We're in the light to bring 
light to dark places. We are the children of the light. We are the men and women of God who've been called to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. That incumbent light comes from the studying of God's word. As we read the word and apply the word, it causes the light in us to shine out of us, which draws men to us, which allows us to point them to God. It's a very simple process. It's a very simple uh, procedure. This is something that ought to be in the forefront of our hearts and minds and souls. This is something that we ought to practice on a regular basis. But enough of that for now. I want to go and let's take a look at this church in the book of Colossians. And I'm going to read just the first three verses. That's all. I'm going to read them slowly because we're trying to read them for understanding as opposed to reading them for speed or reading them just to get through it or reading them so we can get to the next chapter when we haven't understood what's going on in the first chapter. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, Paul, originally Saul of Tarsus, the one who stood at the feet of Stephen to have him killed, the one who persecuted the church, is now a leading apostle. This man has written 50% of the New Testament. 50%. So he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. By the will of God. You know, so many people making themselves apostles. But apostles are people who are sent by God for a specific purpose. He was an apostle of Jesus Christ sent by God, by the will of God. And Timothy, our brother, He here he has Timothy, if you read the book of Timothy, you'll find out that Timothy is a spiritual son. But in this particular context, it refers to him as brother, meaning brother in Christ. But he's writing with emphasis that I'm not doing this on my own. I'm doing this because of the will of God. Whenever we operate in the church, we must operate according to the will of God. How do we know the will of God? The will of God is in his word. When we practice his word, we practice the, the ways of God. The will of God practice are the ways of God. And we must learn to practice the faith according to the word, not according to our traditions, not according to our thoughts, not according to how we feel not according to the standards that everyone else has set or looking at people who have a temperamental relationship with God and making them the plumb line or the standard for how to govern the faith. No, we must read the word, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And as we read it, we then again take the word Write it on the tables of our heart that we might not sin against God. And this will of God written now becomes living as we practice it, demonstrating the ways of God. When the ways of God are being practiced, we are letting our light so shine. So it's a very simple process, but there's some very important things that we need to understand here. So Paul writes this letter to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ 
who are in Colossae. So the word, this particular word was written to the church, is written to the faithful brethren in Christ. And we all need to make sure that we are standing in a place of faithfulness. So when Paul greets Colossae, he greets them as an apostle with the distinction of having this office, the office of the apostle, by the will of God. Again, he was sent by God. He also writes with his spiritual son, and whom he refers to as his brother, to fit the, the greater context of the greeting. They write to the saints who are considered the faithful brothers. Now, let me say this. One of the major marks of distinction in the body of Christ, or in the living church, or in the people of God, as we talk about the church, the church ought to be found faithful, faithful to God, faithful to marriage, faithful to paternal and maternal responsibilities, faithful to your marketplace work, faithful in all things that pertain to life and godliness, faithful in giving, faithful in worship, faithful in love, faithful in hope. We ought to be found faithful, faithful in servanthood, we ought to be found faithful. In other words, we do what we do because our faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We believe that Christ died for us. And since he died for us, then we reciprocate by essentially dying for him. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death where our flesh dies to the way of the world. All right. So. People will note you because of your faithfulness to God. And God requires us to be faithful. I would above all things that you be faithful stewards. Faithful stewards. Stewardship is the management of God's resources based on the application of the word of God. In other words, God gives us stewardship or management over the things that he's put in the earth, but he gives us a roadmap through the scripture to determine how those things should be used, whether it be money, whether it be land, whether it be power, whether it be structure. He gives us roadmaps in the scripture. That's why we read the Bible. It's not just so we can be super spiritual, but it's so we can learn how to live our lives properly and conduct God's business in his kingdom as children of the light. So let's read on. Paul speaks to two things in this text and he speaks to two things. And I talked about it a little bit in the last podcast. He said, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, we give thanks to God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you. Let's back up because he's talking to the saints, the faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. And he says, grace to you and peace from God. And as I was meditating on that, I, I thought about these two things that are necessary. Uh, and we talked about faithfulness, but the church must not only be faithful, but in order to be faithful, the church needs grace. And then the church needs peace. Just just meditate on that for a minute. When you are establishing a ministry and when you are starting a church, you need grace in order to get grace, we need to learn how to give grace, and we need to learn how to walk in grace. We need grace 
to govern our families, to be responsible stewards over our family, over our children, and all of the resources that God gives them, gives us to provide and give provision for our children. But we also need to learn how to give grace. So we give grace and we learn to walk in grace. And when we're walking in grace, we simply know that everything that we have and everything that we're doing is not because we're so wonderful. It's because of the grace of God. God is blessing us. So we learn to walk in grace by giving God praise, by giving God thanks, by appreciating the gift of God that lives within within us. So we have this treasure in this earthen vessel that the glory might be of God, the power may be of God, the power is of God, and so the glory is of God and not of us, that this thing is not about us. But God blesses us. He graces us. We need grace to do what we are unable to do without the help of God himself. And the people that you are covering, whether it be your wife, your husband, or whether it's your children, we need grace. They need grace. We need grace. They need grace. We need grace. Sometimes we need to back up and recapitulate what we're saying out of our mouth or what we're getting ready to say out of our mouths because it's not that serious. We need to we need to make a U-turn so that we can speak with words of grace, with our words seasoned with grace, rather than our words seasoned with venom. Let's talk about why we need grace in the church. We need grace to walk in love towards the people who move in and out of pockets of succeeding and failing. Every day, we're either succeeding in life or failing in life or some combination of the two, But the point of the matter is that we need grace. We need grace. And we need to learn how to give grace because people are going in and out of things all the time. So there are pockets of love and pockets of hatred, pockets of embrace and pockets of rejection. People are going through love seasons and then there are seasons where they hate their life or they hate themselves or they hate what they're doing. There's so many different things that people go through. They they embrace life and then they feel rejected by their friends. When I say pockets, I'm referring to seasons. Seasons vary with people depending on the situations that they encounter in life. Seasons can affect them in different ways. Children can affect them. Toxic relationships can affect them. I'm saying all of this because if you're pastoring, sometimes, more than likely, or you're in leadership in the church, people take out those bad times, those bad seasons on the people that are closest to them. In marriage, the same thing. In a household with children, the same thing. So since people are going in and out of pockets of life and different seasons in their life, and they take it out on you, you have to look at the grace that you've been given In our imperfection, we know that God has given us grace. So in their imperfection, we must be then facilitators of grace, making sure that we don't go overboard in dealing with them in such a way that comes off as if we got it all together. Because none of us, and I mean absolutely none of us, have it all together. And does that mean that you let people do whatever they want to do? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there's a way to talk to people. There's a time to talk to people. 
The way to talk to people is when you have calmed down and you're ready to deliver a message in a way consistent with the God that lives inside of you. Secondly, the timing when you talk to people is very, very important. The third thing is not just what you say, because it may be consistent with what God wants you to say, but then it's how you say it. So we have to be very careful about these three things when we're dealing with people. And these are ways to exercise a grace in our communication as leaders in the church or leaders in our home or leaders in the community. We must be mindful and cognizant of these things. Marital dissatisfaction and disputes can affect people. Financial insecurities and social unrest can affect them. Mental and emotional instabilities can affect them. Interactions with people in the, who represent God and the church can affect them. Therefore, we need grace. As you can see, grace is very, very important. People need grace and we need to be conduits of grace. So watch this. As I close the day, I want to talk next week about peace and thankfulness and some other things as attributes of the church. Today we'll settle for just dealing with being faithful and having grace. But here, here's the close. We need grace. We give grace. And we walk in grace. Based on the things I have shared, those of us who are in ministry cannot take the whims and the winds of people personally. We must position ourselves in Christ to have the grace necessary to love them through what they're going through and to love them in spite of ourselves. With the same grace that God has given us, give that in return to other people. You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun, we've been examining the culture of the New Testament church. I will continue talking about this next week. Tune back in. But in the meanwhile, make sure you go and influence the nation. God bless. <music>